Reading today is from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. Hear the word of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the people of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the word of God for all people. Good morning. We're moving right along today. That's okay. Some 35 years ago, we had a young pastor here named John Daly. Some of you will remember him, tall, thin, single, long hair. A fond memory I have of him was discussing how personal computers were now a thing, and they can be useful in an office setting for typing letters and storing documents and such, and and he agreed. So Jan and I donated the church's first computer. Problem was, Jan, the secretary at the time, had no idea how to turn it on. (laughs) So things changed. John stood at this exact spot and gave a sermon, which really struck me at the time. It was titled, Lord, Liar, or Lunatic. As I was pondering what next to tell you about why we are leaving the United Methodist Church, that message came to mind, and I believe God put it there. This is also known as the mad, bad, or God argument. C.S. Lewis didn't come up with it, but he popularized it as the trilemma that it is, a moral argument with just three possible choices. Lewis introduces the argument by observing how many people who don't believe that Jesus is God are still attracted to him as a moral teacher. Here's the argument in just one paragraph. Jesus claimed to be God. His claim is either true or false. If it's true, then ipso facto, he is God. If the claim is false, then either he said it knowing it was false, in which case he's a liar, or he said it not knowing it was false, in which case he was mad. Therefore, we're only left with three logical options. He's either God, a liar, or a lunatic, and you can only pick one. There's nothing new about this concept. Even in the first century, everyone knew Jesus was a thing. But notice that among the three logical possibilities, great human moral teacher is not one of them. That Jesus was merely a great human moral teacher is literally not logically possible. Jude, John, and other New Testament writers warned of the danger of the heresy which deemed Jesus to be a cool philosopher, but not God. So why go through these choices at all? We all know Jesus is indeed God, right? Well, friends, the United Methodist Church has decided to teach Jesus as just a cool philosopher. The UNC has entire seminaries, many pastors, and even bishops who openly teach and profess some, if not all, of these following ideas. Jesus was an ordinary man, not born of a virgin, Let's pause right there. Our entire faith stands on the supernatural promises he made to us. Do people who believe he was just a man think he can deliver? Jesus was not God incarnate, come in the flesh to redeem us. Jesus was not physically resurrected on the third day, and that's the latest seminary teaching. Susan seen it firsthand and attested a couple times to us. Um, so you can, you can forget Easter, right? What's the point? 
Jesus was not the Lamb of God, was not given to us by God for substitutional atonement as a forgiveness of sin for those who would only believe. Read their recent doctrines and oaths, and I printed those out and sent them around to church a couple times. You won't find in those documents the notion of Christ being divine, professed or acknowledged in any way. That's their future, and that's on purpose. And if you find any of this amazing, and I know I've gone over it many times, and you want to know more or you have questions, please, please, we uh, sent around some forms that you can fill out or ask anybody on the discernment team if you really have any questions. We want to make sure you know what's going on here because this is a big step for our church. <clears throat> for a church to, to permit teaching such as this, one must disbelieve the authority of Scripture and assume the written word is a little more than a collection of myths and allegories. Belief or disbelief of the word is the real difference between us. And I'll repeat that. Belief or disbelief of the word is the real difference between us. Is the Bible true? That's the real choice we're making. The human sexuality issue is what we had to vote on, but it's just a manifestation of the problem. If a church can abandon basic scriptural understanding of the divinity of Christ out of convenience and to not offend anyone, It can certainly deny the biblical view of sexual ethic held in there as well for the same reasons. So if nothing is held sacred, anything goes. The United Methodist Church of today somewhat tries to deny this, but their actions prove otherwise. And I've gone to great lengths to show you how their actions today will foretell the real future. The rules of the church have always forced a detente between traditional Bible-believing congregations such as us, And those who would rather teach Jesus was just a great moral teacher. Taught so for the sake of not offending anyone and to be inclusive. The United Methodist Church wants the secular world to like them. So old Christian principles must be jettisoned. And that's never worked. So the long story here is those who would teach Jesus was just a man have abandoned the UMC rule book, broken the covenant with traditional believers, upset the uneasy peace, And it's so easy to sound holier than thou standing here, but recognizing Christ as divine and scripture as truth is the faith of our fathers who came before us. And I'm talking about real people that we know, like the Hastings, the Holtkamps, the Ulines, Schwartz, Sheldon, Smith, Buswell, the Longs, Aldridge, Woodruff, and many, many more before them whom I never would have met. A hundred preachers stood right here and preached it, and thousands of us sat right here and believed it, and it's non-negotiable to me. The United Methodist Church is rapidly shrinking and a failing institution, and they think the way to being relevant again in a fallen world is to abandon 2,000 years of mainline Christian teaching and strike compromise with a culture only willing to accept Jesus as thin, single, long-haired, cool philosopher. Just a philosopher. What would John Wesley say to that? Or Francis Asbury? And was Charles Wesley just a liar or a lunatic when he wrote these words in Hark the Herald Angels Sing? I just sang that song to 800 people. I meant every word of it. 
So clearly something has changed dramatically in the United Methodist Church from when hymns like this were written to glorify Christ as God and to sustain our faith. We know society has gone off the rails, but do we really have to change the most fundamental things we believe to accommodate? The United Methodist Church is saying, yeah, it's okay if you still believe that virgin birth and raised from the dead stuff. But as an institution, we have decided to move on from such antiquated thinking. And I say no thank you. If the Wesleys and the countless saints who built these congregations throughout America had heard that, they would fall off their circuit-riding horses. These are more than just catchy song lyrics. Songs like this and the thousands others are nothing more than a statement of our purpose. The written word and the hymnal are within arm's reach, within arm's reach of us for a reason. They attest to why we organize as a church family and support our community and one another, generation after generation, through thick and thin, and we're quite literally a refuge. What remains of the United Methodist Church is keeping the name, but do you think John Wesley would call it Methodism? Hardly. I wish them luck because the mainline churches which have walked away from the authority of the Bible are in a death spiral all across America. Do they really think pretending the Bible is a storybook makes the life of Christ more vital to people seeking answers? No, Jesus wasn't nailed to a tree for teaching wonderful parables. He was crucified for telling people he was king and redeemer. Should we tell people anything less? The new woke UMC would rather just not discuss it at all. Sorry, Wesleys. Again, this is not acceptable to me. It's still America, and while religious liberty is under vicious attack, people can still believe what they want. But what the new United Methodist Church wants to teach your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren isn't the faith I profess to or taught to my kids. So these are very hard things to say about your own church. This is not fun. But showing you how the United Methodist Church is radically changing is the best way for you to understand the reasons why your church leaders just voted unanimously to leave the United Methodist Church. We can do better. Thousands of other local churches are leaving as well under a special one-time loophole that was put in place during the infighting of the last General Conference. It lets, you, it lets us take our property with us. So before we can finalize the exit, the United Methodist Church is calling a church-wide vote so you get to confirm your trust in this hard decision made by our church leaders. After months of discernment and prayer, we decided it was best for LaGrange to leave the United Methodist Church and chart a new course. This congregation has been United Methodist for only about a quarter of its 190-year life. Change happens, and often for the good. The new spinoff Global Methodist Church will be the new home for us traditional Methodists who still believe Jesus is who he said he was. If you believe the truth of the Bible and want it preached from this exact spot for the next 150 years, then please vote with us to leave the United Methodist Church and begin new. Those before us had the courage to make change when needed. This is our one chance to leave virtually intact with our buildings under our own control forever. We aren't the radicals. The United Methodist Church left us. We haven't left them. But now it's time to do so. 
And that's okay. We just need to turn the page. What survives as the United Methodist Church will be dramatically more progressive in very few years. And they can worship as they like. For us, however, we are a successful, traditional Wesleyan church, and we have a long history to prove it. A new wave of bureaucrats who have never set foot in LaGrange are coming to power, and they want to change the the way churches like us worship. We saw that train coming just in the nick of time. My heart aches for the thousands of congregations who either never saw it coming or didn't have the resources to save themselves. Well, we do. By leaving, we actually keep our culture and build on what we have. By leaving, we will continue to stand on the rock of our foundation and stay true to the Methodism that we all know. So I picked these old throwback hymns today, and I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. And uh, so let's close today on, on this most appropriate one, standing on the promises. Well, we did that already. On Christ the solid rock, I stand.